It may sound like the stuff of science fiction, but synthetic biology is becoming more and more commonplace. And as it becomes more commonplace, so do concerns about how we use it responsibly. Even simple-seeming biohacks, such as making flowers glow or creating a breed of sterile mosquitoes, could have consequences for our ecosystem if they were released into nature. How should we safeguard against these possible risks? Welcome to Ethically Sound, a podcast of the Presidential Commission for the Study of Bioethical Issues. I'm Hilary Wakay-Viers. Today, we're talking with James W. Wagner, former president of Emory University and vice chair of the Bioethics Commission. But let's start with a few words from Eleanor Powells of the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. It was May 2010 in Washington, D.C. Along with many journalists crowding the room, I listened, transfixed, as biologist Craig Venter announced that his team had become the first to build a self-replicating bacterial cell in the lab. His words transformed a complex biological procedure into a sci-fi storyline. This is the first self-replicating species we've had on the planet whose parent is a computer. I felt uneasy, a knot in my stomach, thinking this would be the first introduction of synthetic biology to the public. As I like to explain it to my family, this new field of genetics is invaded by engineers and computer scientists who want to build and control complex biological organisms. A new public deliberation had to include more than the potential biomedical benefits of synthetic biology. They had to address important ethical questions. How open will this new bioindustry be and who will benefit from its resulting innovations? What are the unknowns and long-term implications of modifying our genomes and the genomes of different species surrounding us? Who is in charge of anticipating potential risk and adapting regulation? And do they have sufficient foresight and understanding to do so? Then, I remembered, public opposition reflects not often technical misunderstanding, but different conceptions on how to live well with emerging technologies. These technologies encapsulate transformative power. And knowledge is power. Knowledge is also responsibility. Today, we still face an unresolved question. How do we develop a culture of inclusive public deliberation and decision-making that could guide the integration of synthetic biology and all new technologies into society? That was Eleanor Powells, Senior Program Associate at the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. Like Eleanor, people around the globe were awed by the announcement that researchers at the Venter Institute had inserted a genome made by scientists into a bacterial cell, creating an organism not found in nature. Proponents and critics were quick to point out potential risks and benefits of this discovery and whether it amounted to creating life. President Barack Obama asked the Bioethics Commission to review the developing field of synthetic biology and identify appropriate ethical boundaries to maximize public benefits and minimize risks. Synthetic biology, which involves the design of biological parts made by humans instead of nature, 
could lead to more effective vaccines and life-saving medicines, as well as biofuels that could someday replace the need for fossil fuels. But the technology also poses potential risks to the environment and public safety, should an organism created by humans be inadvertently released into nature. Acknowledging the enormous promise, as well as potential threats posed by the emerging field of synthetic biology, the Bioethics Commission issued 18 recommendations in its report, New Directions. The Bioethics Commission called for coordinated federal oversight of scientists working in both large institutions and smaller settings, including the do-it-yourself or DIY community. The Bioethics Commission recognized that DIY scientists working in home laboratories face technical challenges and high costs that pose a significant barrier to their ability to develop completely novel organisms. Yet it also recognized that the DIY community is contributing to the field, and as such, the Bioethics Commission recognized the importance of maintaining an open dialogue with these scientists. Given the newness of the science, the Bioethics Commission also urged stepped-up ethics education for all researchers. They recommended the creation of a biology equivalent of factcheck.org to help the general public check whether claims made about synthetic biology are true. You can download New Directions and all the Bioethics Commission's reports at bioethics.gov. Here today to talk with us about the Bioethics Commission's report New Directions is Dr. James W. Wagner. Dr. Wagner is the former president of Emory University and serves as vice chair of the Bioethics Commission. Welcome, Dr. Wagner. Thanks for being here. It is my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. Why was synthetic biology an important topic to address, and why was it selected as the Commission's first topic? Uh, synthetic biology was indeed the, the first topic that the White House asked the Commission to address. Synthetic biology is the, is the next extension of uh, genetic manipulation that actually has a long history. We can go back to the vegetables that we enjoy that, uh, uh, that are as large and juicy and prolific and disease resistant because of the way we have done hybridization and crossbreeding. This next generation, what's being called synthetic biology, is the science of beginning with chemicals on a laboratory table, so to speak, and building genetic material, not, not drawing it out of another living organism, but building genetic material as we would synthesize other chemicals, and then inserting that genetic material into an organism to perform uh, a certain function or to enhance what that organism already, uh, already uh, does. Uh, if one could bring all of this to pass, the potential is exciting, right? We can, and in fact, some work has already been done uh, to produce um, chemicals like biofuels or produce uh, pharmaceuticals, um, for example, like treatments for malaria uh, that otherwise have been produced only by natural sources. Of course, the fears that people have are that we might produce uh, organisms either through by accident or malevolent that could uh, uh, it could actually hurt society or hurt the environment. We might generate an organism that somehow uh, dominates uh, and replaces a naturally occurring species. And so the charge to the commission was, how do we reap the benefits of synthetic biology and make sure we are doing so in such a way that it minimizes the potential for harm? How have the commission's recommendations guided and informed the field of synthetic biology? 
we had challenged the uh, executive office of the president to uh, uh, to, to exercise you know, vigilance over this particular area and areas of all uh, uh, such technology. And so, in fact, the executive office, the president did launch the Emerging Technologies Interagency Policy Coordinating Committee. And this is a committee that works with the several agencies that fund research and regulate uh, developments such as these so that they could be aware of the advances going on uh, and that the government supports throughout the government and the government regulates and could apply these principles. Um, we also called for more funding in promising uh, synthetic bio uh, research areas. And in fact, we saw uh, an increase in that. Uh, one example is uh, Berkeley's uh, new Synthetic Biology Institute that received uh, multi-million dollar awards uh, uh, to, to explore synthetic biology. So the recommendations, in fact, uh, have been adopted in some quarters. They are referred to quite frequently, these principles. And we have even seen uh, some of them uh, uh, enacted and carried out in ways that we think are shaping the future uh, directions and pace at which synthetic biology develops. The Commission's report, New Directions, was published six years ago. Do the recommendations still have relevance today? given advances in synthetic biology? They do, indeed. The recommendations do have relevance today. Uh, the work of the Commission was inspired by and motivated by these uh, breakthroughs in synthetic biology such that uh, we looked at, at fundamental uh, principles that we thought would inform the advance of this very, very young field uh, there were five of them. They were public beneficence, responsible stewardship, intellectual freedom and responsibility, democratic deliberation, justice and fairness. And those principles became part of the recommendations that were the underpinning of our report on uh, synthetic, uh, synthetic biology. First of all, in my view, the ethical principles, these five in particular, um, are timeless. Uh, and they, they will hold up in the future no matter how advanced. Uh, the research becomes. Uh, we find them to be foundational and therefore they're deep. We find them to be um, uh, applicable beyond synthetic, synthetic biology and therefore they are broad. Uh, we also found that a lot of the moral objections and concerns, uh, as, as we heard from people, are concerns that we need to be aware of on the one hand, but on the other hand, experts that we heard from told us that a number of the concerns um, that were raised are concerns that might be anticipated in the future, but at least at the, at the current pace at which the science and technology is developing, they would be far into the future. So this is a way of saying not only do we think that the recommendations are relevant today, but we do think the one recommendation that says we should keep vigilance says that there will be room for and need for further recommendations down the road as the technology advances. How did this report set the tone for the rest of the Commission's work? That was our first report, but we found ourselves in subsequent reports also recommending that, uh, that there needs to be greater education in the area of bioethics, but also education of our public to understand the current state of the art. Again, the 
broad ethical underpinning ethical principles. We used those, we found ourselves coming back to those over and over again in subsequent work that we did, uh, whether it was work in neuroscience or in genome sequencing. We think that uh, this whole business of uh, the democratic deliberation principle, we found it also highlighted in our subsequent work. We did the appropriate thing <laughs> in seeking sometimes underrepresented voices um, to come to our table. Uh, when we did our study on Ebola, we spoke to those who suffered the fear and stigma that uh, surrounded the disease at the time. Uh, and, and so I believe that the deliberative process is uh, another example. The fundament, another example that uh, that uh, served our commission going forward. Thank you, Dr. Wagner. It was a pleasure to have you with us. You are most welcome. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Ethically Sound, a podcast of the Presidential Commission for the Study of Bioethical Issues. Thanks for joining us. You can check out our full series online at bioethics.gov.